Come on and give him praise today. We thank you, Jesus. Come on and give God praise today. He's worthy to be praised. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Come on, lift your hands unto the Lord all across this building. Mighty God, we praise you. We magnify your name. We glorify you. We adore you and lift you high. For there is none like unto the Lord our God. There is none like unto the Lord our God. I feel that breakthrough right now. I feel that breakthrough in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul. Woo, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why don't we clap our hands again unto God, for He is worthy of all of the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We welcome you today to Tree of Life Church. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? God bless you. Thank the Lord. We are so honored that you are here today, and it's just a wonderful thing to be able to gather together in the house of the Lord and in the presence of God. How many appreciate what you feel this morning? I appreciate. Uh, I'm thankful that the Lord shows up. Hallelujah, that he doesn't just visit, but he inhabits the praises of his people. Thank you, Jesus. We are so grateful today for all who are here. God bless you in the name of the Lord. We want to, uh, we want to take a moment and just remind you, uh, as you know, there's been an uptick in new virus cases over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, we just want to take a moment and encourage you to continue to be mindful of the fact that, uh, that this is going on in our world. Uh, sometimes it's easy to let our guard down as life begins to return to normal. Just continue to, to walk steadfastly, amen, and, uh, and in confidence. We've said it the whole time. If we will do our part in practicing wise, wisely, then the Lord will do his part, amen. And so we're just going to trust God and do what the Lord has called us to do. And uh, we are under mandate in Hamilton County to wear masks, so we, we do thank you for being mindful of that as you move about the building, and uh, we appreciate that so very much. If you will turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, I'm going to uh, read from the 11th chapter of the gospel according to Luke, and we're going to begin at the first verse. I want to share with you what the Lord has laid upon my heart this morning. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse number 1. The word of the Lord says this, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
I want to I want to concentrate our attention primarily on the first verse where that the disciples said unto him Lord teach us to pray and I want to preach to you on the subject when God teaches us to pray when God teaches us to pray could we could we do that right now could we go to the Lord in prayer together in the name of the Lord God we pray for your anointing upon this service upon this message upon this time we have in your presence I ask Lord that there will be an anointing upon the preaching of the word upon your messenger as I deliver your word I ask in Jesus name that all of us would hear it oh God and apply it to our lives I pray in the name of Jesus that you would have your way and let your word have free course in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus we give you all the praise and the glory and everybody said in Jesus name Oh, say it again in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to say a great big God bless you to everyone who is watching on live stream. We miss you uh, deeply, but we understand and uh, look forward to worshiping with you again. But we're so glad you're tuning in this morning in Jesus' name. There's this biblical account of the patriarch Jacob. Jacob was, of course, the son of Isaac, and he was the grandson of Abraham. Uh, Jacob was an individual that had great favor from his mother, uh, but, but Esau, his brother, was the one favored by his father, Isaac. Uh, Jacob, of course, being the younger brother to Esau, found little ways of kind of making his own way through life. Uh, he actually waited until Esau was very hungry to offer him a bowl of soup in exchange for his birthright. That doesn't sound like a very even exchange, but when you're hungry, you're hungry. I've been there, not perhaps quite there, but, but I've, I have... I've been hungry before where I thought, man, I'd just give my birthright for some Chick-fil-A right now. Esau was there. He was ready to eat. Jacob knew it, took advantage of the moment, and ended up with a birthright. Later, he did the exact same thing. He, he deprived Esau of his blessing by actually dressing like Esau and putting upon his garment, putting hair on his arms, preparing a calf from the field and and deceiving Isaac whose eyes had waxed dim into believing that he was Esau when in fact he was not Esau and he received the blessing from his father Isaac instead of Esau this of course created a terrible strain in the relationship between Jacob and Esau and in fact created such a strain that Esau said, I will kill Jacob. This is not the news Jacob wanted to receive. Jacob ran for his life. When he ran for his life, he came into a certain place because he could run no further. Evening had come, the sun had set, and Jacob found a stone, made it a pillow, and he laid down. There he was in the greatest challenge of his life, in the throes of chaos and confusion, 
fearing for his life. And he laid down to sleep. In the midst of that sleep, the Bible says that he had a dream. In the dream, there was a ladder set upon the earth. And the top of the ladder reached into heaven. And at the top of the ladder was the glory of the Lord. Jacob observed in his dream that there were angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. Angels going up and angels coming down. And, and at the top of the ladder was the glory of God. And the Lord God said unto Jacob, I am the God of Abraham. And I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. And he spoke to Jacob concerning the promises of God for his grandfather Abraham that they applied to him. He said, the land where all now liest, I will give unto thee. Jacob awoke from the dream and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And he said, this is a dreadful place because he felt the raw glory of God. And, and he observed something of the Spirit. And I want you to know what he was observing as he saw this matter of the Spirit. He was observing a, an activity that takes place in the heavens when God goes into action. Now when I used to hear this account, and I had in my mind's imagination the angels ascending and descending upon the ladder, it seemed like a very orderly maybe even orchestrated, composed set of circumstances where there were angels ascending, very somber. I had their arms crossed. I had them with their eyes closed and their heads kind of positioned so, just ascending and descending upon the ladder. What a great, what a great show that must have been. What an amazing portrayal of the glory of God. Can you imagine trying to impress somebody at a state dinner of some sort? And having angels ascending and descending upon a ladder, that'd be pretty cool. And in my mind's eye, that's what it was. But that's not what it was. He was observing real activity in a random view of what goes on in the kingdom of heaven. He was watching angels being dispatched. They were moving to and fro. They were bringing and sending messages. The Bible calls them ministering spirits, flames of fire, and they minister to the heirs of salvation. And we have the biblical example of the angel Gabriel coming to the prophet Daniel several weeks after Daniel had begun praying and saying to him, Daniel, the moment you began to pray, I was sent. When you begin to pray, ladies and gentlemen, with a humble heart and with faith believing, regardless of what the circumstances may seem like they are around you, there are angels being sent from the presence of the Lord. Now, we do not direct our prayer to angels. We direct our prayer to the Lord. And the Lord will dispatch ministering spirits as is needed to minister to the heirs of salvation. And Jacob caught a glimpse. God opened the window of the invisible to this patriarch Jacob and showed him what goes on in the kingdom of heaven. And that is true today as it was true then. 
There are angels that are dispatched from the presence of the Lord. And in the prophet Daniel's account, we know it happens when we pray. When we call upon the name of the Lord. When we ask God to intervene in our circumstances. Sometimes we look at prayer as something that is ineffectual or something that, that takes up time but there's no action to it. When we pray, God goes into action. And when we pray, we receive understanding of what action we should take. Prayer is the preface of all good things. Prayer is the premise of all spiritual activity on God's part. And so we do not look at prayer as being ineffectual. We see prayer as being the thing that moves mountains. Hallelujah. We see prayer as being the thing that multiplies the miraculous. We see prayer as being the thing that causes, praise God, imaginations to be cast down and causes spiritual wickedness in high places to be brought to its knees. Hallelujah, don't ever feel like you're wasting time when you are in prayer. It will be in prayer that the Spirit of the Lord will quicken your understanding as to what you should do next, who you should reach out to, who you should call, what you should do. Prayer is a powerful and is the principal thing. When we get a hold of prayer and communicating with God, something begins to happen. Something begins to take shape in the kingdom of Almighty God. And so when the disciples saw Jesus praying in Luke chapter 11, this disciple said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Could you teach us to pray? Now that seems like a very unusual request. Can you teach us to pray? Because it, it, we kind of find it simple sometimes to pray. We fold our hands, we close our eyes, and we talk to God. And I will say this. Prayer itself is a, a step of faith. In and of itself, prayer is a step of faith. You are speaking to God as though he's there because he's there. Even though you don't see him with your natural eye. But you speak to him. And you pray to him. Prayer is a step of faith in and of itself. When you pray, you are exercising faith. Glory to God. And faith as the grain of a mustard seed can move mountains. And uproot sycamine trees. Amen. Teach us to pray, the disciples said. Just as John taught his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus proceeded in Luke chapter 11 to, to speak words that he had spoken before. He spoke these words on the Sermon on the Mount, at the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, he spoke these same words in a sermon that he was teaching. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. Filled with so many beautiful truths and, and so many powerful understanding truths about the kingdom of heaven. But, but in this setting, he had just finished praying. And his disciples said, Lord, could you teach us to pray? And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that's not 
an exact quote of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is what we quote as the Lord's Prayer. Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. One, he delivered in a sermon. The other, he delivered in a one-on-one conversation with one of his disciples. And he was giving the same principles in the one-on-one conversation that he set forth in the Sermon on the Mount, what we would call the Sermon on the Mount or the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He was teaching them how to pray. He was letting them know that when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, he said the first thing you have to understand about prayer is that he is our father. Amen. Notice he didn't say my father. He said our father. That's because when you pray, you've got to be able to be in unity with your brother and sister. It hinders your prayer when you see yourself as superior to other people. But when you say our father which art in heaven, you are, you are claiming That you and your brothers and sisters are the children of Almighty God. Our Father who art in heaven, understand who He is and understand where He is. He operates in the kingdom of heaven. He operates in those places above. He operates in the realm of eternity. He operates in the Spirit. Our Father which art in heaven. So when I pray, I'm not speaking to just an invisible, an invisible thing that doesn't exist. I'm speaking to our Father who art in heaven. I know you are there in the kingdom of heaven, operating above all of this that's going on on earth. And that's where you are. And, and I pray to you, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means holy and separate and pure. You have to understand about the name of God. That his name is separate from every other name. Because there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is not just the name of another individual. His name is Jehovah is my salvation. Yahweh is my salvation. The self-existent God is become my salvation. The invisible Holy One of Israel is become my Savior. That's what you say when you say Jesus. That's what you cry when you call on the name of Jesus. Hallowed be your name. When you understand where he is and you understand his position in all of this, that he is not subject to what we face on earth, but he is above, hallelujah, above all, through all, and in you all. And that his name is hallowed, it is holy, it is separate, and it is pure. 
Now you're on your way to praying some meaningful prayers. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That's what our prayers have to consist of. Matters of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Are you praying? Are you praying? That's, you don't have to raise your hand, but, 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 but it's a rhetorical question that you should answer for yourself. Are you sincerely praying is the first rhetorical question. The other rhetorical question is, are you praying kingdom-minded prayers? Are you praying prayers that God is interested in? Are you praying prayers according to the will of the Lord? Thy kingdom come. I want the kingdom of God to be manifest on earth. I want that increase of peace. I want that increase of love. I want that increase, hallelujah, of the salvation of God to be resident on this earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Oh, friend, I wish I could... I wish we could all go to a little trip to heaven sometime and look around and see that beautiful kingdom of heaven where the wolf lays down with the lamb and there is no predator and there is no murder. Hallelujah. And there is no hate and there is no racism and there is no envy and there is no pride and there is no rebellion and there is no stubbornness and there is no evil. Oh, I'd love to take you on a little trip to heaven so you could feel the peace and the joy and the love. Hey, I've got good news because our Bible tells us that he makes us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What you're feeling right now, that presence of the Lord, that glory of God that surrounds us, that's a little bit of heaven right here on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He said, you're going to pray this, give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah, don't worry about what the next day is going to hold. Sufficient to the day is the evil thereof, he said. He said, you you just deal with today and don't worry about tomorrow. Give us this day our daily bread. I love the confidence of that prayer because you're saying, Lord, you have something for me today. Hallelujah, everything that I need You have it provided already in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you are worried about next week. Some of you are worried about tomorrow. Some of you are worried about next month or next year. Some of you are worried about what ifs, couldas, shouldas, and wouldas. But the Bible said not to worry about tomorrow, what you're going to put on, what you're going to eat. For the Father knows that you have need of these things. Hallelujah. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you give us this day our daily bread Lord I know you've got my daily bread prepared for me whatever I need I'm going to put my best foot forward knowing that you shall supply all my needs According to your riches and glory. Hallelujah. He said give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Oh hallelujah. Forgive us our trespasses. We don't need to walk around with a lot of shame and sin and condemnation and guilt. If you've got some kind of iniquitous act or behavior in your spirit, heart, mind, or body, 
you need to ask God to forgive you of it. Lord, forgive us our debts. Lord, forgive us our trespasses. And do it, Lord, as we forgive those who trespass against us. If you want to pray kingdom prayers, if you want to know how to pray effectually and fervently so that it avails much, you're going to have to forgive those who have trespassed against you. You can't go to God in prayer expecting something great to happen if you are holding bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment toward other people. I am convinced that many people do not know the power of prayer because their prayers are hindered by their unforgiveness. And so they might, if they do, they might go through the exercise of praying but never truly release others from what they have done to trespass against them. And they don't know why their prayers hit a ceiling. You have to pray that prayer of cleansing. Lord, forgive me as I forgive others. Forgive me as I forgive others. If there be any sinful thing inside of me, take it away from me, Lord. If there be any secret fault inside of me, take it away, oh God. If there's anything in me that is not pleasing to you, take it away from me, Lord. And while you're doing that, God, I'm going to forgive those who have trespassed against me. I'm talking about knowing how to pray. I'm talking about getting a hold of God. Don't think you're wasting time when you pray. When you pray, I want you to know there are miracles taking place. There is activity going on that you can't see, that you don't know about. You can only do it in faith. Believe. Well, what should I pray about? Anything and everything. You should pray about anything and everything. There's nothing too little, nothing too big. Pray about it all. Everything you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God wants to teach us to pray. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. You got to pray that prayer. Lord, help me to avoid temptation today. Lord, give me the strength, give me the wisdom not to walk into areas I don't have any business being involved with. Lord, strip from me any fleshly inclination, any tendency or proclivity that my flesh might have toward temptation. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll lead me not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wish I could hear some saints calling on the name of the Lord, saying, deliver us from evil. I'm Listen, I, I've got friends right now in other parts of the nation who are suffering with the virus and have people around them suffering with the virus. And you know what they're doing? They're doing what the Bible teaches us to do. They're going to God in prayer. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, the chaos of 2020 has one solution. Going to God in prayer. If you don't believe me, believe the word. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's the condition. And if the condition is met, here's the promise. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. 
I'm going to go a step further, ladies and gentlemen. The onus is not on this world to find a solution. The onus is on the church who knows the solution. The, 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 the responsibility of dealing with this is not look at the world scramble trying to figure out what to do as everything begins to fall apart and unravel and here we are with a treasure in the field here we are hallelujah with a pearl of great price that says if my people which are called by my name if the church will pray if the church will humble ourselves if the church will seek his faith if the church will turn from our wicked from our wicked way my God oh we want the world to turn from their wicked ways but God said if we will turn from our wicked ways he will hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land thank you Jesus my Lord God help us to pray God's teaching us how to pray that's what's going on he's teaching us to pray see we've asked him Lord teach us to pray and then, and then God puts us in environments where we're going to have to learn to pray. And he gives us all the aiding and all of the help and all of the guidance. And he said, when you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven, pray to God. Operate in the kingdom of heaven. Understand that's where God operates. He operates in the kingdom of heaven. His name is hallowed. His name is holy. His name is pure. It is separate from all other names. Hallelujah. And, and you pray for your daily provision. And you pray for his kingdom to come. And his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. See, heaven is already perfect. The kingdom of heaven is already perfect. But I want you to know God said you pray that that completion and that perfection of heaven will complete and perfect the earth hallelujah glory to God we have this treasure in earthen vessels glory to God the kingdom of heaven is inside of us and he said when you pray pray for the kingdom to come and his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven thank you Jesus he said forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine. Woo. For thine is the kingdom. For thine is the power. For thine is the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. I don't even know how to preach that. It's so good. It's so rich. For thine is the kingdom. This isn't your kingdom. This isn't my kingdom. This is his kingdom. And this is his power. And this is his glory. And it's his forever and ever. Amen. Oh, somebody say amen. You know what I love about the word amen? It just simply means so be it. So be it. Do I have an amen corner in this house? Somebody that can say so be it. There's power in prayer. So be it. Hallelujah. There's healing in his wings. So be it. There's power in the blood. So be it. In the name of Jesus, the promises of God in him are yea and so be it. Hallelujah. That's how we pray. We, Lord, teach us to pray. All right, you want to know how to pray? This is how you pray. You pray, our Father 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus was teaching them in a classroom setting how to pray. Last year, when Brother Loami Diaz came just the night before our appearance before the Montgomery Planning Commission, and, w- and the first Sunday in August, we're going to have a special Ready Now update service, and we're going, to, we're going to kick it into high gear, ladies and gentlemen, as we come in for a landing in our Ready Now over the next several months, and God's going to blow our minds. My Lord, have mercy. Y'all. This is just the first service, what you're looking at. The second service is identical to this service, and half the church isn't even here. We are desperate for our new building, and we're going to build it in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to build it in the name of Jesus Christ. For the Lord God is with us, and he is for us, and if God be for us, then who can be against us? Brother Luwami Diaz prepared us as we, were, as we were going before the Montgomery Planning Commission. And he brought out such a beautiful truth concerning the Lord's Prayer. That when they asked, Lord, teach us to pray. That Jesus recited what we call the Lord's Prayer. And then we many times just cut it off. But he didn't. He didn't stop there. He continued teaching them after reciting the principles of the Lord's Prayer. And he said, which of you shall have a friend And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise And give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father. Will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg... Will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? He didn't stop teaching them how to pray. He continued teaching them how to pray. He said, I want you to think of God as a friend who you're troubling in the middle of the night. And as much as he loves you, your friend isn't simply because he's your friend going to want to get up out of bed and come downstairs and open the door and let you raid his refrigerator. That's just not, I mean, that's not what friends are for. I love you. But I'm, I'm going to go on back to sleep. Call me in the morning and I'll meet you at first watch. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to keep on knocking until that friend gets out of bed and comes and opens the door. 
Hallelujah. I want you to keep on shouting his name. I want you to keep on pounding on that door until you get an answer. Hallelujah. Ask. Hallelujah. And it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door it shall be opened unto you. You know one of the problems in the church is this. We oftentimes will ask and stop asking. Or we'll seek and we'll stop seeking. And we'll knock and we'll stop knocking. He wasn't giving us options. He was giving us the process. It starts with asking. And asking becomes seeking. And seeking becomes knocking. You got to do it all. Keep on asking until it is given. Keep on seeking until you find. Keep on knocking until the door. It shall be opened unto you. My grandfather would tell the story of a, of a woman in the church there in Indianapolis, Indiana, who wanted so much for her husband to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. She prayed prayers, Lord, Lord, fill him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Bring him, bring him to, to your great name, to your great power. And, and she gave this prayer request every single service. For years, for 20 years, she gave this prayer request that the Lord would save her husband let me tell you something. If you have an unsaved spouse, God wants you to know he hears your prayer. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. The door shall be opened. Hallelujah. It shall be given unto you and you shall find in the name of Jesus. She prayed this prayer for 20 years. Ask the church to pray. Sometimes the ministers would, would, would take the names that were coming in and they said, this name has been on here since I was a little boy. We still want to keep on Mentioning this name in prayer, and Grandpa said, keep putting it up there. Keep putting it up. As long as she's praying, we're praying. We're going to pray with her. We're going to join her in prayer. And they called that name out before the name of God, before our Father who art in heaven, whose name is hallowed, who gives us this day our daily bread, who forgives us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, who leads us not into temptation, but delivers us from evil. They brought that name before the living God, and when they did I want you to know that man came to God just as she had prayed it might have taken 20 years but it was done he was filled with the Holy Ghost he was baptized in Jesus name because prayer makes a difference prayer makes a difference Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He understood something. He understood that when we stand still, God goes into action. Hallelujah. When you don't know what to do, wait on the Lord. He will strengthen your heart. He didn't stop teaching them. He kept teaching them. And I want to submit to you, not only did he keep teaching them in Luke chapter 11, but he taught them all through his ministry how to pray. He just continually spoke of it. He said to them, listen, he said, when you pray, pray not as the Pharisees pray. I'm teaching you how to pray. Don't pray so that people will see you and be so impressed by how much of an orator you are when you pray. When you pray, go into your closet. He said, go into your closet and pray to your father in secret. Hallelujah. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I want you to know he's teaching them how to pray. I want you to go find a private place. 
Now, he's not discouraging praying in public. You understand. He's not discouraging praying in public. He, he was glad when people shouted for joy and made a joyful noise unto the Lord. This isn't about whether you pray in public or not. It's about whether you pray for show or not. And when we pray, we, do, we don't pray like the Pharisees and the hypocrites and the heathens who would pray for show so other people could look upon their prayers and think they are so spiritual and they are so holy and they are so righteous and I'm nothing compared to them and he said that's not what I'm looking for I'm looking for somebody who just needs to get a hold of God who will just go to a closet of prayer and you don't care who's listening and you don't care who's there you're not doing it for show you need to touch God and I want you to understand ladies and gentlemen in 2020 we need to touch God we need to get a hold of God yeah, we do. We need to call upon that mighty name. We need to cry out to that mighty name. We need to shout unto him and believe his great power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, this, you want to get something done, go into the closet and pray. Go into the closet and pray. You say anything you want to say in there. You go in that closet and you can wrestle with God. You go into that closet and you can pour your heart out. You can say things you wouldn't want other people to hear. You can, you can, you can ask questions. You, you, can, you can tell him things you don't understand and let him speak to you. And I want you to know that the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Glory to the name of God. He said, listen, when you, when you pray, I want you, to, I want you to understand, don't use vain repetition like the heathen do. So many times people will use vain repetition when they pray. They will take somebody else's prayer and, and read it because they don't know how to pray. And Jesus said, let me teach you how to pray. Don't do what the heathen do, taking vain repetitions. God isn't interested in vain repetition. He's interested in what comes from the heart. David said, you're not interested in sacrifice, else would I give it. You're not interested in burnt offerings. I know what those burnt offerings really represent. It's the sacrifice of, a, of, a, of the heart. It's, it's a broken heart and a contrite spirit that you will not despise. Oh, God, hear our cry. Don't use vain repetition. Don't just do it to do it and to go through some kind of ritualistic motion. Sometimes we can even get distracted when we pray where we're just talking and talking and talking and, and not even being deliberate about the things we're saying. But God said, I want you to pray with intentionality I want you to pray with deliberation he described even a situation where people would were, were in a, a process of not knowing how to how to, 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 to expect the miracles of God he said this he said say not four months and then the harvest for the harvest is white already to harvest he said pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he sent for the laborers into the harvest. We look out. Listen, you don't have to wait for revival. Revival is here. You don't have to wait for God to move. God's moving right now. You don't have to wait for things to get better, for things to improve. Well, I really hope things get better soon so we can start having revival. Won't it be great? Hey, listen, I'm with you. I want all of this to be behind us, everything to be over, but I'm not going to miss this harvest that we're in right now. These fields are white, all ready to harvest. Glory. I pray that in four months we are well past all of this. And I hope before then. But I'm not going to say four months and then the harvest. 
It's ready right now. We're going to baptize people now. We're going to pray through the Holy Ghost now. We're going to have revival now. We're going to reach the lost now. Listen, don't misunderstand. We are not in a holding pattern. God is doing something. He is teaching us to pray. He is teaching us to pray. And when God teaches us to pray, it's for his glory. It's for his purpose. It's for his kingdom. We've always said it. Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, all right, I'm going to put you through Holy Ghost Navy SEAL training. I've never done Navy SEAL training. I, I looked it up today. I was going to apply. Found out I'm too old. Here, I was going to do it. You know, the only thing stopping me. Only thing stopping me. <laughs> Navy SEAL training is intense. Because they know there's a battle coming. And they want those Navy SEALs to be ready for the battle. And they put them through intensive training that is unfathomable to you or I. There have been trainees that even died in the process of Navy SEAL training. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, when, when God starts teaching us to pray, He'll put us in environments that are challenging beyond what you and I could even imagine. But He's doing it to teach us to walk a good warfare he's teaching us how to endure hardness as a good soldier hallelujah he said listen I want you to know how to pray I want you to know how to war in the spirit the disciples came back and said Lord we tried to cast out the devils and we couldn't cast out the devils why can't we cast out the devils and Jesus said this kind cometh not out but by prayer and by fasting, he was teaching them to pray. He was teaching them how to cast out unclean spirits. Glory to God. When the, the same disciples who wanted him to teach them to pray went up to him, with him, to the mount to pray. The Bible says that while they were there, they fell asleep. He's in the garden of Gethsemane praying. Garden of Gethsemane. They went with him to the garden. The Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. And while he's praying, they are sacked out asleep. He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. I know there's a lot of things to watch right now. There's a lot going on to watch. Make sure you balance your watching with praying. That is the only way you will have a proper perspective is to open your Bible and pray. Hallelujah. Lord, teach us to pray. Glory to the name of the Lord. And as they are praying in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the, there was great persecution. There was great persecution of the church. And we, we've, we've, we've caught a little, just a little glimpse here lately of how easy it can be for the government to turn on a church for wanting to worship God. It can happen easily, ladies and gentlemen. It can happen easily. And, and that's why we want to make sure that we keep our eyes upon the Lord. And this was happening in the book of Acts. It was severe persecution. They were beating them for preaching the name of Jesus. They were, they were wounding them for preaching the name of Jesus. And the Bible says... That they, they did so, and the, the, the scripture teaches us that they came into a building to pray. 
And they said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Lord, perform miracle signs and wonders. And the Bible says that while they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. While they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When the church begins to pray, the place is shaken where we are assembled. Do you know that in the early days of Tree of Life Church, in 1920, about 20, late 1920s, early 1930s, Brother Frank Kurtz was our founding pastor. And, and they had a little church on the corner of Walnut and McMicken. If you go down to Walnut and McMicken today, you'll see... A, a, a series of buildings that are all three stories high until you get to the very end there's a one story building there's a story behind that one story building there's only one story because the top two floors were condemned and the reason they were condemned is because that's where our church started was in that little building and it was three stories high the church would take place on the main floor and, and above that were Sunday school rooms, and above that is where Brother and Sister Kurtz lived. And Brother Kurtz became deathly ill, deathly ill. He was near death. And he lay in his room dying. And when they'd given up hope, the saints said, we will never give up hope. They went into that room, and they gathered around Brother Kurtz, their pastor, and they prayed the prayer of faith over him. And while they prayed... The place was shaken where they were assembled. The building literally shook. Just that building shook under the power of God. And Brother Kurtz raised up from that sick bed. And the Lord healed him immediately. That's our heritage. That's our heritage. That's our heritage at Tree of Life Church. They had to come in and condemn the top two stories of that building because the place shook so violently that the top two stories were in danger of toppling over. The same thing took place in the book of Acts. The building shook when they prayed together as they were assembled in the presence of the Lord. I say we pray till our city shakes. I say we pray till our nation shakes. I say we pray until this coronavirus shakes. I say we pray until the walls fall down flat. I say we pray, hallelujah, until every giant is subdued. I say we pray until fear is vanquished, sickness is stopped, and the glory of the Lord is risen among us. Hallelujah. God allowed his people to go through some persecution so they would learn how to pray. Because prayer is where the power is. You can do all the things you want to do. But if it's not prefaced by prayer, there is no power. The prayer brings the power. Hallelujah. The prayer brings the power of God into the equation. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. No matter what you go through, understand, the Lord is teaching you how to pray. 
The Lord is teaching you how to pray. The Lord is teaching you how to pray. I wonder if you could lift your hands with me right now and just say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to do what you told me to do. Lord, I hear your voice. I hear your call to prayer. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray until your will be done. Hallelujah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven oh hallelujah somebody lift up your hands unto the lord right now all across this building come on lift up your hands all across this building in the name of jesus come on if you could stand with me right now the holy ghost is in this place the holy ghost is in this place thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. In the, in the days of the underground, Russian underground church, my great-grandfather was there. He was dealing with, he had dealt with radical Islamic fundamentalism in Persia. When the Turks came in during the Armenian genocide, he was part of that. Suffered great persecution during that time. He escaped across the border of Iran into Russia during the Bolshevik Revolution, a communist Marxist uprising, and suffered even greater persecution from the communists. He was held before a firing squad, he and the whole church, because they were discovered to be having services. As the guns were aimed at them, my great-grandfather decided, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die talking in tongues. He lifted up his hands, and he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And he was just about, he just decided, I'm going to wake up in paradise. But when he opened up his eyes, he was still there. And so were the saints. And the only thing missing were the soldiers. And he looked at the translator, and the translator said, you told me you don't speak Russian. He said, I don't speak Russian. He said, well, then how tell me, how did you tell those soldiers that there's an army of angels surrounding them and will slay them on the spot in fluent Russian? You know what those saints would do? While they were going through persecution, they would cover their mouths with handkerchiefs. Because they were praising God and they didn't want to be heard outside. They didn't want anybody to know what they were doing inside because they were, they were under such threat of persecution. And they would, they would cover their mouth and praise Him and worship Him and magnify His name. Hallelujah. Some of them would even put socks in their mouth so that they could speak in tongues with all their heart without, without suffering the persecution that was sure to come. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to thank God every day we're able to come into this house and magnify God and worship His name. Why, why did they go through? Why did they go through all that? I'll tell you why. Because God was teaching them how to pray. 
Because prayer was going to take them through the persecution. Prayer was going to take them through the revolution. Prayer was going to take them through the suffering. Prayer was going to take them through it all. And when the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union came crashing down, up came the church. 80 years of church. 80 years of prayer. 80 years of worship. They held their faith. They were steadfast. They passed it down to generations. And they came out of that triumphant in the name of the Lord. The devil didn't succeed in shutting them down. The devil didn't succeed in drowning out their prayer, their praise, their faithfulness to God, and he won't succeed in doing it now. God is teaching us how to pray. And we're going to pray until things shake. We're going to pray until God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. If you believe it, lift up your hands unto him right now all across this building. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you can feel God teaching you, teaching you how to have faith, teaching you how to have faith, teaching you how to pray, teaching you how to labor in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I want you to just call upon Him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a need right now in your life and you would like to come to the altar, we want to welcome you to do that. We ask that you stay physically distanced. If you can wear a mask, then that would be good. God bless you in the name of the Lord. These altars are open to you in the name of Jesus. God wants to do something for you right now. God wants to do something for you right now. Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord and let the Spirit of the Lord move in this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. to him right now. Make it your prayer today. Make it your prayer. 